Port Christiana, why aren't we going there? <laughs> Podcast number five, Mike, and four really fun trips so far. It's been a blast being able to see different parts of the country. Now, we've made two trips to Alabama, one trip to Alabama, Alabama. Uh, one trip to Athens. So we've been very familiar with I-85 South. Indeed. Richmond is giving us a taste of I-85 North. I wanted to make sure the northern portion of the freeway was still intact. That's right. I would say, though, the most interesting place so far was the first place, and that was Fort Collins. And maybe because, at least for me, it's the one place I had never been. Every place, except for, I haven't been to Montgomery, but I've been through Alabama, and it's right past Auburn, so that's somewhat similar. Yeah, Fort Collins was fun. Just the, the fact that their Main Street is the influence yeah, for Disney's right. Main Street USA, and you could see why. Oh, it was very... Historic, very, you know, it did give that flavor of like the eight late very 1890s. Very welcoming. A lot of great, had a great restaurant scene. Looked like there were a lot of great breweries. You know, we were only, the only negative to that trip was we were really in the night before. Yeah. Played the next night. So we didn't have a lot of time to explore. But you're very close to the Rocky Mountains. I mean, you're actually at the foothills you're of, of the mountains. You're closer to Cheyenne than Denver. Yeah, that was the other interesting thing. And we were only about an hour north of Denver, a great place, great facility. I was interested uh, to see what the school was going to be like, but they put a lot of money into the athletics, into the university. I like the in facilities. General. I was very disappointed with the crowd. Yeah, it was not very well attended. It wasn't very well attended at all. But the Moby uh, and the story for the arena there is pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, they had some random generic name they were going to use, and the student newspaper said, "This looks like." a beached whale and called it Moby, Moby. like Moby from Moby yeah. Dick, and it stuck. I really liked the trip to Greenville. Greenville was interesting, too, and you'd been there before many times. Uh, you and Nicole been there a bunch of times. I've been past it on the interstate, but never actually stopped in downtown, and what a vibrant... You don't know it's there if yeah, you, you just drive by on 85. You'd never know it. You'd never know it. That's another place. It has great restaurants, a good foodie scene. There is some history there. You have that river that goes through it with the park, the falls. And then the ballpark that is modeled after Fenway Park. And it's not Fenway, but at the minor league level, it's a very nice facility. Great facility. Great vantage points. You know, you don't get the sense that you're in Fenway Park until you really get a look at that green monster that they have. I mean, obviously, the rest of the ballpark, even the dimensions are the same. You know, you can't completely reenact it, but... I would imagine that's a great place to watch a ball game. Hopefully, we'll be able to get a chance to do that. And then the game, Winthrop, yeah, was just yeah, phenomenal. They played, they played great. You know, and then Furman came back a little bit later and beat Asheville. One of they're playing well. Yeah, they're playing really well. So that that's going to end up being a pretty good win for Winthrop. And you know, their best player got hurt in the early part of the first half of that game. But Xavier Cooks and Josh Ferguson just took that game over. Yeah, Ferg, that was kind of his emergence, and he's been really, really good since. And then. We went to Georgia, and boy, that was our a, first uh, first uh, first studio audience. First studio audience. John Godbold and Brett Redden were in the car, but man, what a character at lunch! Weaver D's, and what a fantastic little restaurant that was. The food was outstanding. It was you know Southern soul. 
the fried chicken which I had was the best fried chicken. I'm not kidding. The best fried chicken I've ever had. The sides were what you would expect from a, a small place like that. And the actual restaurant uh, and the owner was the inspiration for REM's Automatic for the People. Because every time you went to the counter, yep. he would say automatic. Automatic. It was delicious food and an inviting atmosphere and blue collar and historic. It wasn't the building, historic building. Oh, it was an old, old building. There was At one point, they had done a, a drive to, to keep the business going, fundraising. And it's literally around the corner from the university. Right. I mean, downtown's kind of between Weaver D's and the university, but downtown isn't that large. We saw that big bell that they ring when something exciting happens, if the football team wins a big game and it reverberates around the entire city and walked around campus. It was a good trip. The game, Winthrop had an opportunity. We had a chance to ring that bell Had a chance after that, that but Winthrop came up just a little bit short, losing by four points. Kind of a game that was really signified a lot of free throws for both teams. Yeah, game that really didn't have a lot of flow in the second half, but a game that Xavier Cooks was really able to make an impact. Yep, yep. And then the trip to Alabama, I, I had not spent much time in Montgomery, and I, I don't know, want to say that it was as I expected, but I'm really glad we ran into a Winthrop alone. Yeah, that was really great. Nate Gunnels, who works for the Montgomery Biscuits, graduated a couple years ago, was a former big stuff. He kind of took us around. Yeah, he kind of showed us around, had a great lunch at Chris's Hot Dogs. You know, the one thing I'll remember about the Alabama trips, both of them, is that and there were two completely different styles, right? We were there the day before the Iron Bowl. At Auburn. Yeah, at Auburn. Was, and the, the atmosphere was great. Yeah. And talking to Bruce Pearl was a hoot. Yeah, he was, he was a character. He definitely was a character. And then Montgomery was more of kind of... We, we found someone we knew or, yep, or, or they met. knew us yeah. and and we got to see the stadium but it wasn't like Greenville we got like the tour yeah. of the baseball stadium and he took us around downtown and kind of yeah. showed us the place and, and now, I didn't go down to the fun. basement did you go down to the dungeon I went down to the dungeon which the baseball stadium used, it used to, to be, be a Civil War jail and it's an old train, train yard yeah and it's got you know the character it's got the creakiness of yeah. those old things the, the stadium itself is the, the playing field everything's very modern but right. that, that kind of main building there right behind home plate where the executive offices are and such it was a it was a neat little building. And on the way, we stopped at Moton Airfield, which is where the Tuskegee Airmen yep. trained during World War II. And even though we got there a little bit late, it was later in the day, but we got to walk around a little bit, and you could just feel the the history and and uh, just how important that uh, that is to our culture. Yeah, it was a fun place to see Hangar One and Hangar Two there, each of which were integral parts of the Tuskegee Airmen and out on the tarmac and the number of pilots that they yeah, trained. Over a thousand, right? It, 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 incredible and kind of re really a, a, a story both of military history but also of civil rights. Right, and the 99th Fire Squadron played a huge role in protecting bombers. You know, they started out with the P-47 Thunderbolt and then they, they were upgraded to the, the Mustangs and the Luftwaffe when they saw the red tails and the, the red tips on the propellers they knew they were going to be in for a battle. And then our most recent trip to Richmond, Virginia to see Winthrop and Virginia Commonwealth. The Siegel Center is 
just spectacular. It's it's filled and they've added since the last time I was there a $20 million practice gym. And the city has so much history. Very historic. And you talk about the Stiegel Center, a, a place that has so much history and most recent history because they have right. sold that place out. And and they just roll, whether it's Shaka Smart or Will Wade yeah. or, you know, Mike Rhodes might not have their best team right now, but they still play that Havoc style. And it's easy to remember because it wasn't that long ago that teams have Joey Rodriguez, yeah. he's on staff now, or the Brad Burgess teams, those teams that went from first four to final four, the team that upset Duke in the NCAA tournament, and they love their college basketball. And a proud tradition in Richmond, and we talked about the history going you know, all the way back really to the Revolutionary War, but has significant Civil War history, and it is the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Right, and now coming up, we have trips to Bowie's Creek yes. and Boiling Springs yeah. and Radford and Lynchburg and High Point. And the thing is, we've been to all these places right. before, but like a spot like High Point, we have found a favorite restaurant right. there. Right. It's, it's probably the closest we'll come to Weaver D's. But I think in all of these places we go, whether they're our favorite places or not, with a little creativity and thought, we're going to be able to find individual, yeah. unique spots. Right, and that's uh, that's our continuing mission to you, our listener. It's a travel log. It's a talk show. It's an experience. It's a bearded car cast. More guests, perhaps, to come. Absolutely. We have a few that we're working on already. I know one in particular who's very excited. In fact, he's about five weeks into his beard himself. Yes. And he covers the NFL. And if you know us, you know who we're talking about. But that'll be coming up shortly. You can always follow us on Twitter, at BeardedCarCast. And the email, BeardedCarCast at Outlook.com. We encourage you to give us some feedback because we love talking back with you and how do we do that we do that with the mailbag we have a lot of fun with that and the best way to do that you can use the hashtag bearded carcast on twitter you can add us at bearded carcast and the email bearded carcast at outlook.com so nicole and i had a friend in fort mill that uh was in a pinch maybe six or twelve months ago and we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take your kid for a couple hours. No big yeah. deal. And the kid is like, I don't know, maybe five or something, four or five, something like that. And he comes over and I said to Nicole, I'm like, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> I mean, like, our house doesn't have kid yeah. things. Right. And she's like, I mean, I don't know, you know, we'll play with them. But we don't have toys. Like, like <laughs> what are we going to do? Yeah. So he came over and Nicole's like, we have that Lorax DVD. <laughs> do you want to put that yeah. in? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let, let's put that in. So we put it in and he was like into it. And then he kind of like fell asleep during it. And, you know, it's like an hour and 15 minutes in. And Nicole goes, what are you going to do when the movie 
ends. I go, what am I going to do? <laughs> I go, I'm going to start it over again. What do you, what do you mean? And so the movie ends and I just started over again. And Nicole is like to the kid, oh, did you like it? You know, what did you think? And he's like, yeah, I liked it, but towards the end, my eyes closed and I didn't really see the end. Like, roll it over again? Another hour and a half of entertainment. But like, like I don't like watching things a second time. Right. Like, I just watched the Winthrop Notre Dame game a few oh, right, weeks yeah. ago when we were hanging out with Gary McCann. I don't know that I had watched it right. since it was played over a decade right. ago. And I don't like owning movies because once I've seen a movie, yeah, I don't have interest right. in seeing it again. I'm not the person that buys the Seinfeld DVDs. Right. And, and, and I loved Seinfeld. Right. Seen all the episodes, some of them more than once. If it's on TV, maybe I'll, I'll put it on, but I, I don't want to watch the Soup Nazi 17 times. I saw it once and I've probably seen it once so, or twice since. So you're not the type of guy that if you see like Caddyshack on, you'll watch it. No, no. Because everybody has a movie, or most people have movies that if they... Well, no, I've got that. I, okay. I love Hoosiers. If Hoosiers okay. is on, I have a hard time. So you're not completely devoid of... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sort of a human, just not not, 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 not a fully right, so functional Hoosiers, one. Any point Hoosiers comes on, you'll watch it through the end, okay? Well, not any point. I'm not going to watch it over... An NFL game or a college basketball game. No, no, game no. But if you're like, just yeah, there's around. nothing on TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm a sucker for Hoosiers. I really like Field of Dreams too, yeah, yeah. but I, I don't watch it with great right. frequency. All right, so let's get back to the kids. So how did you entertain them? Yeah, we just watched. We just watched Lorax six times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what I would have done if he uttered the phrase. Is, do you have anything else to watch, or can we do something else? Like at that point, I think we would have had to try to feed him. I have the Winthrop Campbell game on tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, if you looked at what's on our DVR, it's whatever Lions that, Tigers. Yeah, it's a hey, kid. Do you want to watch Winthrop Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our DVR at home has the shows Nicole likes, which is kind of. NCIS or yeah. Scandal, kind of those hour-long. Yeah, those really like kid-appropriate. Not, not, not kid-friendly. And then, you know, I've got, last night I watched uh, Marquette and VCU, and this morning I watched Michigan and VCU. Hey, kid, want to watch how John Beeline defends ball screens? And, you know, I, I, I think I might still have... Hey, kid, what's your favorite baseline out of bounds? <laughs> I think I might still have Winthrop and Auburn on there. And last night I taped Charleston Southern and Florida State. Look, it's it's Barkley Radevon no longer wearing mock turtlenecks. But then, but, but you I, know the old go-to is you could have just thrown the Disney Channel. On. I was just gonna say with Directv you get a yeah. zillion stations. I mean Nickelodeon or the Disney Channel or or you know re remember uh, this is this is another one of those great stories. Um, Yasser Arafat. Remember yes, when this right. story came yes. out like 15 years ago? Yeah, the former he, head of the PLO. Right. Remember yeah. what his favorite television station was? I don't. Cartoon Network. <laughs> he was like a diehard Cartoon Network guy. I think we could have put that on. I don't know. Would, would your kid, would, would John at 11, would he watch um, The Flintstones? Or would he tell you that's lame? Mm, that's a great question. He doesn't really watch a lot of TV. You know what he's watching a lot of now is uh, like on a tablet or. I was just on gonna a phone. say we could have 
fired up a laptop. Yeah, yeah, that easy. YouTube. Did. YouTube. Well, you know, the kids now they uh, they YouTube to to find out how to do things too. They're Absolutely. Kind of like adults. Yeah. You know, but 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 you know, we do it like the last time I did a YouTube thing was just to make sure I hadn't fried the turkey in a long time. So on Thanksgiving, I, just, <laughs> I fired up just to make sure I had everything right. If you Google fried turkey, do you see people blowing up their homes? Yes, <laughs> yes you do. Hello, everybody. Thanks for coming. <clears throat> I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. Tension while I set the stage. We open in Sneedville, a city they say stick and fake, and they liked it that way. A town without nature, not one living tree. So what happened to them? Cue the music. Let's see. Ago, over the summer, Nicole and I went to the Olympics in Rio, and you couldn't get any hotel rooms, or at least oh, not yeah. in the area we wanted to, so we stayed at an Airbnb. Right. How was that? And, well, it was unique, because yeah. we thought we had rented an entire <laughs> apartment, right? and in reality, we had rented one floor oh, of an apartment. Really? Did yeah. you sublet it? <laughs> yeah, apparently. So the people we rented from were yeah. really, really, really nice right. people. The woman who was like our primary point of contact right. for the Airbnb spoke very limited English. Gotcha. But she was really good with Google Translate. Yeah. So sometimes things wouldn't come off perfectly, but she yeah. corresponded fairly well. Right, you can get the gist. Her husband, as it turned out, was like an engineer that like helped run the power grid oh. in Rio. So like these were pretty well-to-do yeah. people, but their house was in a high-rise. It was kind of like two levels, and they thought that they rented us what essentially was the guest room, like right. upstairs, which worked out fine. But we thought we were renting the whole thing, which quite honestly was much bigger than we would have needed. Right. But we weren't expecting that we were going to be living with them and their <laughs> two-year-old daughter. Right. Which, honestly, like, in a city you don't know about, in yeah. we don't speak um, Portuguese, they actually were really helpful sure. about, like, getting around and right. advice on, like, restaurants and things like that. But, like, we were essentially living with a family that yeah. we, we didn't realize we were going to be right. living with. And, and this caused, like, a wide range of hilarious <laughs> events, including, like, when... One night, Nicole was explaining where we went to dinner, but she thought that we wanted dinner oh, and then no. cooked us <laughs> dinner. Like, like, like it, it led to like all of these really yeah. weird instances. Oh my goodness. But the where the story is coming from is they have the two-year-old and they have a television downstairs. They normally have both the upstairs living quarters where we're staying right. and the downstairs downstairs living quarters where they are now relegated yeah. to because they rented out sure. upstairs to us. Well, upstairs there was a television with cable and we could yeah. watch the Olympics or whatever. Not that we were spending much time there and not that we were watching a lot of television in a language that we don't speak. But downstairs they had a TV that was not connected to oh. the cable or the satellite or whatever they had. 
but they could use it with the internet. Uh-huh. And their little two or three year old watched this TV. I mean, she totally and utterly monopolized oh, yeah. this television. And it was just one YouTube video after of not. like singing animated characters yeah. after another in Portuguese over and over yeah. and over and over again. So that, I mean, that's where the world has gone. You don't even need TV or DVDs. You just dial it up on YouTube. Do you think they're watching the videos that we're making on all these road trips? Uh, yeah, yes. I, I think they're very interested in the $2 hot dogs in Montgomery. And they they loved Lucille's and Fort Collins. Now, they, they are very much of means. I mean, yes. they, they traveled, and that's the huge exception to the rule in Brazil and sure. in Rio. But, I mean, they were going to spend the money that we spent to go visit them to go to Europe for two weeks. Oh, wow. So, like, they, they were very much of means and worldly and things like that. So, we, did you offer to, once they ever come to Charlotte, that they could rent up your upstairs? We, we told them they should come and visit. The problem is when you look at a map and you say, okay, we live in Rio, where do we want to travel? <laughs> London and Paris yeah, right. and New York and Los Angeles. And, you know, Charlotte's lovely, but it's not on the top of people's worldwide list of travel destinations. Maybe when we get uh, get the Olympics here, right? Yeah. Yeah. That must have been hilarious, though. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're going to go to dinner in an hour. We're probably going to get, like, tacos, maybe some enchiladas. And then an hour later, you come downstairs and it's, like, full. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> we did not rent a bed and breakfast, yet every morning there was breakfast. Really? Awesome. And, like, hold on, you didn't like this? Do you want... But, when she said you yeah. didn't like this, I mean in Google Translate. She typed yeah, it in yeah, Portuguese yeah. and handed us the phone. Wow. And I mean, one night they had sort of a traumatic experience. They had gone out for a meal and someone had swiped her purse. Oh. And she was like really, really upset and bent out of shape. And her husband was like, it's not a big deal. We have security in the building. Yeah. We'll get our keys changed. She didn't lose anything of great value. Right. And she's crying. She's going, we lost everything. We lost everything. Right. And Nicole is like, well, is your daughter safe? Yeah, she's perfectly safe. Did you lose any money? Yeah, we lost $8. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. like, but she was really worked up about it and then decided that the way to quell this situation, the thing to do was to serve us shots. <laughs> so then, you know, we're just sitting drinking yeah, shots yeah. with our Brazilian friends, which we called them mom and dad because she would ask us what time we were going to be yeah, back and what yeah. we wanted for breakfast and That's... gave us emergency phone numbers. And so they, they, they were mom and dad, but I think they were younger than us. Right. Airbnb. Oh, so great. Maybe we should do that for the golf tournament. We should have done that for the PGA Championship. Wonder what you could have gotten. Because Charlotte doesn't lack for hotel rooms. No, I, but but we, but proximity. Yeah, absolutely. Like, because we're so close to the course. Airbnb is at its best when... But that's really more of like a... Um, like, more if you're in like a coastal or a... 
like a mountain. It's it's like vacation a, spots. It's right. Saratoga during racing season or Myrtle Beach or Charleston in the summer. I mean, it's it's places where a lot of people are going seasonally or big events. Yeah. I think of the Super Bowl or when the Democratic Convention was in yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. Do you guys do Airbnb a lot, or was that like the first and only time you've done? No, it? we do it regularly. Um, I, I don't love hotels. Right. I'm okay with them, but I, I find if you're going to have a bunch of people, let's say you're going to have uh, six people, well, instead of getting three hotel rooms, it's frequently much less expensive to get one Airbnb and split it between yeah. the six people. And with one Airbnb, you can have three or four bedrooms. Yeah. Or, and then, or one bedroom in a house with everybody else. Yeah, well, or that. I, I mean, and then the other thing is, if you're going to be somewhere for a while, four or five days a week, do you really want to eat out every meal? Like, yeah. if you get a house, then you can right. cook. Or if you've got a bunch of stuff with you, you've got a place to store it. I mean, so, or what if you bring your dog? A lot right. of hotels, you can't bring your that's, dog. Yeah. Well, that's why we, when we go to Hilton Head, we always get a house. Yeah. <clears throat> If you do it right, it's great. I have found the key in getting hotels and the key in renting different properties is the willingness to abort. Because if you stay at the Marriott yeah. every time, you will get the same Marriott service and it is perfect, it's fine, it's, it's acceptable, but you'll never get an experience of any type. So we tend to book B&Bs, Airbnbs or just kind of like fun different hotels I found on the internet or in travel magazines, stuff like that. And by doing that, it's higher risk, higher reward. You may find a really nice experience, something really unique and fun. And occasionally it is just an utter disaster. And if it's an utter disaster, you have to be willing to within 10 or 15 or 20 minutes of being there saying, this isn't gonna work. And you have to get on the internet yeah. and you need to go book somewhere else. And you need to chalk up the other place as we tried. We end up with a lot of great places by doing this. And this one stinks. And now we need to go find somewhere else. We've done that two or three times. And I have absolutely no issues. Yeah. If you get there and it's not what you expected and it's not what you want. And later on, you can argue about the money if you want. But generally, the places I stay are significantly cheaper than the alternatives yeah. because unique, one-of-a-kind places tend to be under the radar and sure. people don't know about them. And if occasionally you make a mistake, that's all right. Then Cost you, of doing business. It, drop back and punt. It's like the restaurants you and I go to on the road. Yeah. Like some restaurants we go to are going to be horrible right. because we're not going to the Olive Garden. Yeah. We're not going to the chain place that you know exactly what you're going to get and it's acceptable and it's fine, but it's not interesting. Right. The places we go are going to be unique. They're going to be one of a kind. And sometimes we're going to have unbelievable, <laughs> memorable meals that we're going to talk yeah. about for years and years. Right. And sometimes we're going to have unbelievable, memorable meals that we're going to talk about for years and hope that we don't get sick. Yeah. Well, so far we haven't done that. No, but... Well, generally, made, no, but generally, when you 
when you go to the local places, I mean, they have to be good. They can't. I mean, and the place that's be been in business for, for 75 years yeah. has done that for yeah. a reason. I mean, if you've served presidents, generally you have a good product. Yeah. Well, and we also like, it, it's gotten a lot easier to find good restaurants. Oh, yeah, it's with the, the internet. Right. The internet. And I mean, we have friends in the business that travel to a lot of these cities. I'm I not mean, just blowing smoke here, but Carter's been like spot on. Yeah, Carter's a foodie. Carter, Carter lives in Austin. I mean, he, he knows good restaurants, but th- th- you know, you tend to gravitate towards people that are similar mm. to you. Not identical, but people that have similar ideologies and similar interests, similar ages, similar families, because those are the people you have something in common with that you talk about. Well, I mean, the people that I tend to spend most time with are educated. That's really important to me. They can talk knowledgeably about a wide range of things. And educated doesn't have to mean formally educated. It it can mean that they learned a lot in their travels or in their jobs or whatever. And I'm not into eating processed foods a lot. I mean, we all eat some fast food and it's fine. But by and large, I like to eat things that tend to be healthy and go to places that are doing something a little bit different and Carter is like that. I mean, you and Sam go to some, you know, generic places, but think about all the places we've talked about in the car cast, all like those little kind of niche one of a kind places that you guys like to go to. It's the same, same with me. I I, I like to find that. And part of it is the the problem. The problem with us though is like Sam gets into a, a zone so, like, we might find a place, and then we're going to wear it out. We're going to go, like... Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have a couple places that we go to around us that aren't... Like, Hawthorne's is a chain, but it's a local... How often do you go out to eat? We probably go out to eat two to three times a week. Yeah. I think I think we don't do the same thing because we go out much less frequently. Nicole is a terrific cook. She travels for work. When she's home, she likes to cook, and, and I love home cooked food we probably go out to eat once every three weeks if we went out twice a week you inevitably would go to the same places because sometimes it's convenience right Right. you want to go somewhere that's that's close by you don't want to drive 25 minutes okay what's your philosophy on leftovers if you have a leftover steak yeah now you're going to eat it the next day. Um, well, see, this is what I'll do. So what I'll do is I'll either... Steaks I'll cut up and either put in a like a spaghetti meat sauce or I'll put in um, I'll put in a chili. Okay, so you never just eat it? Um, sometimes I will try to cut it very thin, almost shaved, um, and I'll like... Um, Put it on a skillet with maybe like a little bit of butter and olive oil and kind of reheat you it that rewarm way. it up. Yeah, in a skillet. Yeah. That's the question. We talk about this quite a bit with Nicole and I. I love leftovers, but I just generally don't like what happens when you reheat them. Yeah. So I almost always eat my leftovers cold. Like oh. I have no issue eating yeah. a cold steak sandwich. Right. I have no issue eating cold salmon. Right. I have no problem eating cold chicken. She likes to reheat her meats and you got to be really careful in my opinion 
or you lose something. Well, it does. It has. It changes by reheating it. It does change the flavor. There's no doubt about and that. And particularly meat that can be overcooked. Yeah. I mean, overcooked steak. I am uninterested. No. In. But if you have a nicely cooked steak and you're going to eat it in a sandwich, maybe I'll toast the bread to get a little heat to it. But I, a cold steak sandwich is fine. Put a little horseradish on there. Well, and the rarer the cut the better it will taste when it's reheated. No question. Yeah. And I always err on the side of a little more rare than well done if they're going to yeah. be leftovers. Yeah. Now, generally, I will not eat a leftover if it's in the fridge more than two days. Generally, I will eat what's in the fridge. <laughs> Did you? You weren't listening. Um, so I was on with Kroger and uh, Darren for primetime a couple weeks ago. And we had Peter King on. And right before we had Peter King on, Darren was telling a story about Thanksgiving leftovers and this was like 10 or this was almost two weeks after Thanksgiving and Darren's like yeah you know there was this piece of uh, pumpkin Darren cake Darren and I are kindred spirits there's a piece of pumpkin cake that was just hanging around I figured you know I might as well just eat that it wasn't refrigerated though <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you know how I feel about buying things I like buying things in bulk yeah. we go to the Apple Festival in Hendersonville I'll buy 200 apples and then Hold eat on. them. Yeah, but the best is the soup story. Right. The, the, the soup story is an all-timer. That, that is one of the great stories. So but you do. You are a big apple guy. We'll get I back love to apples. the soup. We'll get we back go to the soup. Apple Festival. It's Labor Day weekend yeah. in Hendersonville, Western North Carolina. Yeah. And we buy like 200 apples. The first time we went, we probably bought 60 apples. And we got in the car and Nicole would say, we bought the 60 apples. So what do you want me to do with all these apples? And I would say... <laughs> I'm going to eat all these apples. And she's like, applesauce, apple pie. No, no, I'm going to eat <laughs> the apples. And then she watched me over the course of three or four or five weeks eat the apples. I mean, these are fresh picked, yeah. delicious apples that aren't expensive because you got them right from the growers. Right, yeah. So each year we go and each year I get more apples. And now we've just kind of settled in at about a bushel and a half or two bushels, you know, somewhere around 200 apples. Right. And they, we wash the apples and we sort the apples yeah. and any one that has like a ding to it, I make sure I eat that apple first right. to keep all of the apples good for as long as possible. And the Johnson C. Smith football season starts usually the first weekend in September. They play 10 games and I am done with all the apples right around the last game of the season. It takes me about 10, there's usually some left over, yeah. 10, 11 weeks to eat about 200 apples. And Nicole <laughs> will tell you, she's in for like four yeah. and I'm in for the other 190 or so. Now, do you allow her to make a cake out of it? I no, mean, no, like no, a we're pie eating or... the apples. The apples are for eating. So, I don't so if like... she's going to make an apple pie, she has to go to get extra apples. Well, I mean, she's not usually making an apple pie for no particular reason in October, but it, I mean, she could if she wanted. I mean, maybe, you know, some of the ones I don't like or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't use our, our favorite apples yeah. for an apple pie. I, I like, but, but I don't like mucking up products. Right. I like eating fruit as fruit. If you want to dip fruit in chocolate, I think I'd prefer to have fruit and a piece of chocolate, right. not fruit. Yeah, you don't like dip mixing things together. In chocolate, right? I want I want my products as they are, as natural as possible, the way nature made them. So I just remember this was probably I don't know four years, uh, four years after we started at Winthrop, 
No, it was a, I think it was before then. Maybe it was a couple years into the winter. But yeah, I remember getting a, getting an email or a phone call from you saying, hey, uh, if you happen to see this particular brand of soup, yeah, yeah, start yeah. buying it. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not much of a cook. And I found in my young adult days a canned soup that I particularly yeah. liked. And I am not running around telling you canned soup is the best soup. It's not. I'm not running around telling you it's the most healthy food you can eat. It's not. I'm telling you that I was in my young 20s, and in order to continue living, you need to eat something. Yes. And the things I would tend to have in my house, aside from a George Foreman grill (laughs) and buying kind of, you know, the essentials, deli meat and bread and stuff like that, are canned soup. I have a lot of canned soup. And... I found a favorite brand of canned soup. It was the Wolfgang Puck, but it was specifically the Wolfgang Puck non-organic Yes, the non-organic, variety. yes. That's a huge, huge piece right. to this puzzle. <laughs> so I would go buy my Wolfgang Puck non-organic. There were two or three flavors I liked best. The chicken and dumplings yeah. and the vegetable were the two I really, really liked. And then I also kind of liked the beef and barley. Ooh. But but the vegetable, I could eat that vegetable soup or the chicken and dumplings four or five times a week without any problem. I really, really, really liked it. And remember, this is before I'm married and I'm making all yes, my meals. Right. I'm not rich, so it's inexpensive. It's yes. kind of fitting a lot of things. It doesn't take all that long to make, though I do refuse to microwave most everything. I don't like how food tastes in the microwave, so I would put it in my pot. That's another great story for a long, long time. (laughs) I only owned one pot. I bought it at the Goodwill in Burlington, Vermont in 2003 and then moved it along with me. And when I moved in with my wife, she said, can I have all of your cooking utensils? And I handed her the one pot I I owned, that was it. So you had one pot to biscuit. I, yes, exactly. So <laughs> I go to Harris Teeter or wherever it was I was shopping, and I'm noticing over a period of a week or two the amount of Wolfgang Puck soup, and particularly yeah. the non organic variety, yeah, right. has decreased significantly. Yes, yes, the supply is dwindling. The supply is dwindling. So I ask someone working there what's going on. They kind of give me the, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. So I do some internet research. And at some point, I find out that the Wolfgang Puck variety soup has been sold to Campbell's. So I do what anyone would do when something very important to them has had a major shakeup. I call Campbell's. So I call Campbell's and I get someone on the line. And of course, you need to be transferred four yeah. times. And I finally get someone that seems to know what's going on. And I explain to them how I'm a very big fan of this particular soup. And the woman tells me, probably much more bluntly than she should, yeah. that Campbell's bought Wolfgang Puck soup because Campbell's has an incredible success in the soup but they've had difficulty selling organic soup. And the Wolfgang Pup organic soup is very, very popular, and that's the reason they've bought the label. And I say, that's wonderful, but I like the non-organic Wolfgang Puck soup. What should I do about this? And she basically says, you should buy as much of it as you possibly can. 
So it starts with, I'm able to find a little bit here. Yeah. And I mean, my sister for my birthday sent me, you know, eight cans of Wolfgang yeah. Puck Soup or 12. You know what? I think she bought me no, 12. No, she bought you a box. I, th I think she bought me 12, which, which is like a box. But I think she took one for herself. I think I got 11. <laughs> and... I'm spending time, not every single day, but I'm looking on the internet for soup on a fairly regular <laughs> basis. And oh. this story moves along for a while, and I think I found some, and I'm able to procure probably, you know, I don't know, 30, maybe 40 cans yeah. of soup. And, you know, I'm kind of going into a, how am I going to ration this yeah. soup? And I don't really believe in expiration dates, but I know that at some point it's going to be right. not quite as good. And I think I have hit the mother load with a website called foodlocker.com. <laughs> and I order, you know, probably 100 or 200 cans of soup. And then, like, the next day, they, like, call me or email me, like, yeah, we don't actually have that much. Oh, and man. I'm like, well, how much do you have? And they're like, we're not sure. we got to go back to our warehouse. We think it's, like, you know, 30 cans. I'm like, all right, well, send me what you got. And then the next time I hear from them, they're like, we actually don't have any of this. So, oh. so like, I, I think I'm pretty much... You think you're SOL. I think I'm SOL. And then one day, I find some online. It was Hannaford's, which oh, yeah. is big in the Northeast. Yeah. I think they're... They used to have here, and then they um, they swapped stores, I think, with, like, Food Lion or... Oh, Lowe's. I didn't realize they yeah. were here. I think I think they're based out of Maine. They are, yeah. Um, so they seem to have some online, and I put in an order, but I don't get any sort of confirmation. Yeah. Like, like, my credit card doesn't get charged, huh. and I'm thinking it's like, it's another... It's another, another bust. fluke. Another it's another end. bust. So skip forward several weeks, maybe a month, yeah. and uh, I'm at the Coliseum. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting ready for the pregame show. You know, yeah. I get there very, yes, very, very early. early. So yep. it's a seven o'clock game. I'm there at four o'clock, and phone rings at like five o'clock. Nicole's calling. I think it's before we're married. I'm not sure if we were engaged or not yet. And she's like, y "You just." got like four or five enormous <laughs> packages at the house do you know what they are and this is like a month yeah, after it's, it's like I way, put in yeah. the order and I'm like I, no I, I, I don't know what it is I, I can't remember ordering yeah. anything she's like I mean I know it's being a little bit snooty but like do you mind if I open them yeah no go ahead and like while we're on the phone, she opens him and she just starts laughing hysterically. <laughs> I mean, it's like 200 cans of soup. <laughs> and, and the sad part of the story is Nicole is such a good cook. Yeah. By the time I'm living with her, I'm eating a lot less of it. But she travels yeah. for work, so right. I'm still consuming yes. a reasonable yeah. amount of it. But I'm also trying to conserve it a little bit and yeah. now skip forward several years one day i go for a can of soup and it just it doesn't taste <laughs> good. it's just it, it's not bad yeah but it doesn't taste 
yeah. is good. Kind of hit the end of its and usefulness. Like a month later, I'm gonna try this again, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's awful. And we end up throwing out. I don't know how many oh, Mike no. like like I thought I was gonna have this the rest of my life. <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna be able to have like a can of this soup like a once a year or twice a year and, and it was awful. Yeah. I bet we threw out four or five dozen cans of soup. Oh no, what a shame. It, it, it a true tragedy. You want bread? Uh, if if I could, yes, I would yes. like some bread. That's three dollars! What? No soup for you! Well, Mike, I think it's good to end the year on a lighthearted note. And if you took any of those topics too seriously, you're really overthinking this bearded car cast idea. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun, Dave, because now we're getting back into conference play. And in the Big South Conference, it's a one-bid league. And that means you win the league, you give yourself an opportunity to host the conference tournament. You win that, you win the conference tournament, you go to the NCAA tournament. So as the year goes on, some of these road trips are going to have even added meaning as far as what's happening on the court. But we cover everything under the sun. doesn't matter if it's winter basketball. We talk a lot of different things, sometimes our own personal things. And we hope people will continue. We hope you listen, continue to listen through 2018. And get involved. We have the hashtag, hashtag BeardedCarCast. That's one way to reach us. You can add us at BeardedCarCast on Twitter. And you can always email us, and that is BeardedCarCast at Outlook.com. At Friedman underscore Dave is how you get a hold of Dave on Twitter. And I am at MikePacheco81.